what we'll talk about today, I encourage you, if you missed last Sunday, go on our website, pull out your smartphones, um, download our app, um, and you can have the sermons downloaded right to your, to your, to your phone. Um, they'll automatically update, not because I think I'm all that great at what I do, but if you miss, it lets you know what we're talking about, what we're learning about, and what we're discussing on Sunday mornings. So what we are talking about is really foundational for us and everything we do. I think everybody's looking for a place to belong. Everybody looks, is looking for a place to belong. I think it's a human element that we have. We want to feel like we belong somewhere. And really, what better place than the church for people to feel like they fit in and for people to feel like they belong? There's this longing that we very easily, and I know that I've done it before, can replace where God belongs with something else. And anytime that anybody tries to fill a God-sized hole with something else, it's going to come up short, and it's going to leave us feeling empty. It's going to leave us not feeling satisfied. It might be okay for a while, but eventually that longing is still going to be there because you cannot replace God with something else and have it last. Sometimes we trick ourselves, and our enemy, the devil, tricks us and makes us think that, hey, this is better than what God has to offer, but we're just trying to make ourselves feel better in the moment when that happens. So in that regard, and what we're talking about for us as the church and what we are to do, there's this idea, this concept that God gives us in the Bible that talks about we belong here, that you belong as a part of the church. If you're following after, accepted Jesus as your Savior, or you're, you have questions, or, or you want to, you want to believe, and maybe you're not there yet, but once you decide that I'm, I'm still going to make mistakes, but I'm going to follow God in his word that I want to be a part of who, what Jesus died for, and what Jesus died for isn't as much a what as it is a who. And Jesus died for you, and he died for us, and he died for the church. So where you belong is right here in the church. And I think we have this problem that's true here in the church, as we do in a lot of other places, that people, even Christians, maybe you've been a part of the church for a long time, maybe here or somewhere else, or, or maybe not. But sometimes I think that we still struggle to help people feel like they belong in the church. Now, that's not to turn a blind eye towards sin on what God clearly said is right and wrong, what's good for us and what is bad for us, because we're not going to do that. We're going to teach what God told us in his word. Whether I like it or not, it's really irrelevant. <laughs> and if God said it, it's true, and we've got to embrace that and know what God's word says. But I think where we as the church and where I as a leader in the church can help is that where we can do a better job is to help people feel like they belong in the church. And whether you're brand new or if you've been here forever, what's so important for us, and what I talked about last Sunday and the Sundays forward, there's building these principles or these ideas about what does it really mean to be a part of the church? And there's this idea, and it's embedded in Scripture, where, where God talks about the church, how Jesus came to die for the church, and the church is the people, not the building or the structure. The church is the people, okay? And the church has talked about it, the bride of Christ. And that he laid down his life for his bride. And the scripture and God also tells us that he is coming back for us. And that's what we anticipate. That's what uh, Casting Crowns was singing about. Singing about that glorious day when the heavens will open and Jesus will reappear. And he will claim us, the church, as his bride to take up into heaven to be with the Father forever. But another way that scripture talks about the church is it talks about the church as the body of Christ. And it talks about each one of us as members belong to the church. 
So what we're going to talk about, this idea of biblical membership and what that means, what it means to be a part of the church, what it means to be a Christian or to use the word we like all around here, to be a disciple. What does that really mean? What does it mean for you to fit in and to be a part of Crossplane? So what we're going to do over the next six weeks is we're going to talk about a different aspect of what it means to be a part of the church, what membership means and why it matters. And we'll look at some different passages of Scripture and what it talks about because it's very foundational. And maybe some of the stuff you might hear it and you go, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. But if, if our foundation isn't strong, we'll forget what we're supposed to do and what we're supposed to accomplish. And the idea that I want to, for us to talk about today is that for you to be a part of the church, to be a Christian, to be on mission with Jesus, with us here, is that you have to be a functioning member of the church. You have to be. You've got to be a functioning member of the body. And in that, membership matters. Membership matters for us, not just here at Cross Plains versus another church that's doing the work of Jesus, but it matters because we belong to God and we belong to the church. And because of that, God has things that he wants for us to accomplish. And we all together are necessary parts of the whole. Remember that. Each person, each Christian, whether new or been around for a long time, is a necessary part of the body of Christ. And God wants to use you to let you know that you belong and that you matter and that you are here with us. Read one scripture out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and then the rest of them will be out of the Gospel of Matthew. Um, that's the plan anyway. 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to read verses 26 and 27. Under this idea of membership means that we are all necessary parts of the whole. We all matter. And we want to be functioning biblical members of the church. Here in Second Corinthians or First Corinthians twelve, Paul's talking about the church in Corinth who's very close to. He knows that there's some problems going on, so he writes them a letter, and that's how where this letter comes from, from Paul to the church, and God inspired that and blessed it, and he kept it in our scriptures for us to learn from. So in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, we have the one body with many members, this language where it talks about the church and why each different part matters and why we are all necessary parts of the whole. Down in verse 26, it says, if one member suffer, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. I love that. Think about that for just a minute. It's very simple, but it's right straightforward in front of us. Paul's talking to Christians. He says, now you are the body of Christ, individually members of that. So it's the individual members, the individual people, you, the faces, the people that Jesus died for that make up the church. And we are all necessary parts of the whole. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise that you don't belong or you don't have anything to do, you don't have anything to offer, because it's just not true. We are all necessary parts, and we belong together to one another, and that's why we can help one another, and we are called to help one another as the church. Another thing, this isn't a real great uh, revelation, but we'll go into Matthew. It's like we are, membership means not only are we're all necessary parts of the whole, but it means that we are different, but we work together. It means that we are different, but we are going to work together. There's not one cookie-cutter image of what a Christian is supposed to, to look like. Because there's things that, yeah, all Christians are called to do, but there's different ways that God has gifted us. Different ways that God has given us his Holy Spirit, and he's made us different 
ones of us better at different things in the church for the work that Jesus came to accomplish. And that's why, that's why you are a necessary part of the body of Christ. Because God wants to use all of us together in all of the different capacities, all the different gifts, all the different interests, all the different willingness that we have. God wants to use you so that we as the church here at Cross Plains can reach more people for Jesus. That's what it's about. We want to make disciples. We talk about discipleship a lot. A disciple is someone who loves God and others, bears fruit, and equips others for service. It comes from Mark 12 and John 15 and Ephesians chapter 4. But we have to know what it is, and we have to know where our foundation lies and what it is made of so that we can build upon that and stay focused on what God is calling for us to accomplish. Now in Matthew, Matthew chapter 7, if you want to follow along in your scriptures, I encourage you to do that. Or I've got my big digital Bible behind me, I think. Matthew 7, verse 16, we're, we're different, but we're going to work together. Jesus says this, Matthew 7, 16 and following, it says, You will recognize them by their fruits or grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and will be thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What I get when Jesus tells us in verse 20 that you will recognize them by their fruits. He's talking about people and what our lives produce. If I'm following after Jesus and if I'm being obedient to what he is teaching me and what he's teaching us, what he's calling us to do, there's going to be that evidence of my faith in Jesus in my life. And the Bible calls that fruit. And there's these different fruits that are produced. So we all are different. We're not all going to be exactly the same, but we're working towards the same goal. We're all trying to move ourselves forward in the same direction if you turn over a couple pages or a couple scrolls, depending on how you're reading, uh, Matthew chapter 12. Verse 33. There's this language about a tree being known by its fruit. And there's other passages where, where Jesus talks about this. Matthew 12, 33. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. Now, in the context of both of these passages of Scripture, if we were to read all the stuff that's around it, Jesus is talking to the religious people of the day because they lost sight of what they should be doing. Really, they're trying their very best to follow after God and to honor his commandments. And Jesus was right in front of them, and they missed it. And they couldn't see it. Man, I certainly hope <laughs> that I don't ever get to the place of someone who's trying to, to faithfully seek after God. And Jesus is right in front of me, and I can't see it. So for me, I take this warning that Jesus gives to the Pharisees pretty, pretty seriously because I don't want to miss it. And that's how we are all, that's why we all matter. We're all necessary parts of the whole. We're different, but we're still working together. 
And one of the other things that our membership means, we're talking about being a functioning team member, a part of the body, a part of the church, and not just an attender, but somebody that's engaged, is that everything we say and do is going to be based on a biblical foundation of love. Everything that we say and do is going to be based on a biblical foundation of love. And not love in a sense that our culture wants to talk about. Well, just love me and accept me for who I am and don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me right from wrong because that's garbage. And it gets people hurt. And people will be sent to hell because Christians are going to ignore what God has said to do. And say, well, just love. God is love. Jesus is love. Well, just love. Well, if I hold a life-saving medication and I'm not willing to give it to somebody, can I really claim that I love them? No, I can, but I'd be wrong. I'd either be wrong or lying to myself, neither of which I want to do. A couple more passages out of the book of Matthew. Thinking about everything that we say and do is going to be built on a biblical foundation of love. Matthew 21 Start in verse 34. But when the Pharisees had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, the lawyer, asked him a question and put him to the test. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbors yourself. All these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. They said Jesus is asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, love the Lord your God with everything you have and love your neighbors yourself. All of the law and the prophets. For us, we'd say, that's the Old Testament. All of those things hinge on this truth of loving God and loving others. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. So everything we want to do is going to be based on a biblical foundation for love. It could be really easy just to say, well, just, just love people and just care for them and just be there for them. But when you love somebody, you have to have difficult conversations with them. You have to let them know the truth. You don't want to withhold from them what God is teaching and what is true. And there's many hard sayings that Jesus has and that Jesus gives. One of them is a little bit before. I might have even said this scripture and then read a different one. Jesus says, um, just a little bit before in Matthew, Matthew 21, 43, He says, therefore, I tell you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people producing fruits. Jesus has or can have some pretty challenging things for him to say to people who are trying to follow after God or trying to follow him. If that of of fruit isn't life. That's not to say that I have to earn God's love or salvation because I can't do that. It's a free gift that God has given when we choose to accept it and are obedient to scripture and do what, what God asks for us to do. And ultimately, God is the one who brings growth. God is the one who brings fruit. And the Holy Spirit 
produces that. But Jesus tells us if we're following his commandments, if we're loving God and we're loving others, we're loving our neighbor as ourselves. that fruit, that evidence is going to be produced in our life and he's going to bring it. We can't make it happen, but I think what we can do is cultivate an environment where we're looking for it and we're expecting God to work. What I want is for everything that we say and do to be built on a biblical foundation of love. We're going to love for one another and that we are going to care for one another. Uh, the Gospel of John puts it this way. John 13, 35, I think it is. I'll make sure that's the right reference before I read it. John 13, 35, again, the words of Jesus. He says, By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. That's not overly complicated. Devout, absolutely. It's something that Christians in the church are called to do, not, not by ourselves, but together with one another, with the people sitting around us that we can see that are a part of the body, with God alongside us and with us, with his Holy Spirit empowering us and teaching us. He says, by this, people will know that you are my disciples, by the love that you have for one another. Everything that we do as a church has to be built on a biblical foundation of love. And the difficult part is that there's that delicate balance of grace and truth. I think that's a perfect definition of love. Biblical love that comes from God and the type of love that we're to emulate and to reflect to other people. It's that perfect balance of grace and truth. Yeah, we, we want to have grace with people when they mess up because why? I want God to have grace with me when I mess up. But I also want God to love me. So to have that, ba that perfect balance of grace and truth to let me know when I'm falling short, when I'm hurting myself. To also let me know when I'm doing a really good job and when God is proud of what we are doing and what we are working to accomplish. That's a struggle for us. I don't think it was a struggle so much for Jesus, having that perfect balance of grace and truth, loving people. But who you are and every one of you matters in the church. Whether it's here, if you're involved in a church somewhere else, you matter to God. God came and he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you just as much as everybody else. Not just for you, but it is for you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and everybody. So you matter. And as a Christian, it matters where you belong. Membership matters. That's why we're all necessary parts of the whole. We are. That's why we're different, but we're working together towards the same goal. And that's why where we want everything we do to be built on a biblical foundation of love. Because if I know if TJ loves and cares for me, when I mess up or when I'm off track, if he says something to me, I'm going to know that he cares for me and that he means it genuinely, that he wants the best for me and for us. So that I'm not going to say, I don't want to talk to TJ anymore, he's mean. I'm going to know that he cares. And those are the relationships that we want to build with one another. You can't do that in a room of 60. You can't, but there are ways that you can do that. You can do that in a room of 12. You can do that in a smaller context where we're building relationships with one another so that we can care for one another, one another, so that we can love 
one another so that we can equip one another, that we can train one another to do together collectively the work of church we call living. We are all because the church is God's plan to save people sin. Talking about that in this and why all members of God's body and each individual aspects about why being a part of the church matters and help you fit how you fit in because you belong you do let's pray God it is my desire God that we follow after you it is so very easy to become distracted And to lose sight of what you've called for us to accomplish. God, I pray in this year that we have focus as a church. Collectively and individually, God. That we work on ourselves. We allow you to work on us. So that when we make the individual members of the church stronger. And they know that they belong. And they know what they're supposed to believe. And they know what they're supposed to do. God, that we make the church stronger. Father, I pray that we are training and raising up and releasing a spiritual army to go out and to defeat the power of hell, to defeat our enemy, God, and to put him in his place. God, I pray that we grow in our faith in you and trusting in Jesus and in our maturity. I pray that we grow in ways this year that maybe we've never done before. 